the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we're continuing in our series entitled Courageous Christians, and throughout August and September we'll be talking with men and women who endeavor to live by faith. As you might expect, each of them has a unique journey in Christ, as we all do, and each brings their faith to bear on the world differently. So it's exciting to me to see Jesus at work in the world through his people. And joining us today to talk about Courageous Christianity, his faith, and the places it is taking him is Jacob Thompson, a regular, everyday, ordinary, courageous Christian. And I hope you hear a little sarcasm because Jacob is anything but ordinary. Jacob, welcome. Thank you so much, Richard and Christy, for having me on your program. I am definitely a regular, ordinary person. Um, (laughs) I hope I don't bore your audience to tears. Uh, thank goodness God chooses the, to use the weak things of the world uh, for his kingdom. Amen. We are also. As always, I'm joined by Christy Stratton, my valiant. That's the word for today, my valiant wingman. Wow. Uh, yeah, Prince Valiant. <laughs> Do you remember that cartoon, Prince Valiant? No, that's probably before my time. Well, yeah, <laughs> he was he was brave. <laughs> And folks, before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please let us pray together. Heavenly Father, as each day of our lives unfolds, one day at a time, we ask you to guide us. First and foremost, Lord, help us to repent of our sins and to trust you with our saddest moments, knowing that we are loved unconditionally. And in our heart's true repentance, help us to glorify your name in word and deed. Help us to love our families and to love your family, of which we are all members by faith in Jesus Christ. And guide our conversation today, Lord, so that each of us may hear a message of truth, 
hope, and love. And finally, may that message lead us into faithful, righteous, and courageous action. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Friends, uh, there are many ways to think about courageous Christianity. I think of it as gratitude, love, and submission to Jesus and to his truth as written in the words of the Bible. I think of it as the tremendous courage it takes to live with integrity and accountability, to strive to fulfill our unique roles on the spiritual battlefield, knowing they will bring us into conflict with the world. And I think of it as the courage it takes to understand that though we are not perfect, we have a genuine, striving, sincere opportunity And with our hearts, we will overcome our circumstances. And so the key words that I hope you hear in my definition of courageous Christianity are gratitude, love, submission, truth, integrity, striving, serving, courage, and conflict. And it's not that we want conflict, but if Jesus was scorned by the world, and if we follow him as we should, how will we not be scorned by the very same world? So it's in this certain knowledge that our faith will bring us into conflict with the world and we overcome with courage. So, Jacob, uh, it's kind of a backwards way to start, but what I was wondering is, when I say courageous Christianity, what occurs to you? I'd I'd say uh, trusting and loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, and, and strength. I, I can't say that I love and trust the Lord if I'm not obedient to the Lord. Uh, John fourteen twenty one says that he who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and disclose myself to him. And uh, in Isaiah, uh, the prophet said, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I think I can be obedient to Christ to a degree, but still struggle with trust, as we all do. Uh, But when we trust in the Lord uh, with all our hearts, we can have that perfect peace from from God alone. And and I believe that leads you into loving your neighbor as yourself, and and that all this is accomplished through through Jesus alone, through through the power of His His Holy Spirit. That's courageous Christianity to me. I think that's a fantastic uh, definition. Uh, I like the emphasis on trust. Um, this is uh, going to maybe sound stupid. Uh, I don't know if stupid's fair, but I wake up and I pray. And sometimes, you know, you you can wake up and be a little bit all over the place. And I will pray to God to be centered and to be at peace in him. And I really can feel it come into me. I really can feel that. And so I hear you when you're saying trusting and loving, and then from that place in obedience, walking. So uh, to back up a little bit from that great uh, answer and that great definition, when exactly did you come to faith? I came to faith um, when, when I was eight years old. Um, That's awesome. I had been to Kanakuk, and they did a video presentation, and, and I, I went down and... and and when I got home, I told my parents about it, and, and my dad and my mom, they didn't, they didn't, they're very godly people. They didn't say a whole lot. We might have talked a little bit, and then a, a revival came to town. Oh, probably, I, I don't remember how the time frame now, but I was, I was, it was constantly on my mind. Um, we'd been to Sunday school. I was thinking about the Lord and what it meant, 
and and a guy came down there and I I was really scared and he said if you're really scared grab grab somebody and come down the aisle and and I I grabbed my dad <laughs> and we went down the aisle and and I I don't really remember what the what the pastor said in the back room but when I when we got to the car uh my my dad said hey did you remember that that video Kanekek thing and and I had completely forgotten about it and and to this day I believe that the Lord kind of took that out of my mind because I would have been worried about what my dad thought and stuff like that and we really talked and I just remember breaking down and weeping and not really knowing what was going on to me and, and my dad explaining to me what it is repentance and and that it's perfectly natural and good what's what you know these these emotions and and what's happening to me so that's when I was converted to Christ. Um, if, if you wanted to hear more of my testimony, there's it's almost kind of two parts, if if you don't mind. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Please, uh, that, that, just to, just to interrupt, that was really beautiful. God bless your dad. He sounds uh, like a wonderful man of God to be able to lead you so gently and sincerely. But yeah, please tell us more. Well, and I, I appreciate that, and. And I, I tell you what, it's it's very important us as parents that we set the trajectory of our kids' lives. You know, if if we're not in church and and our we're not worshiping the Lord, our, our kids will know. I remember I heard a, a gentleman speaking. He says, "Your kids know um, if you truly love and and believe in the Lord." But uh, the, the other part of my my testimony is it, after after um, high school, I, I started kind of falling in love with the world. I, I was more concerned about wealth. I wanted to build wealth. I uh, joined the Navy. I thought I was going to be a Navy SEAL, uh, but it was it was all to glorify myself. I always wanted to take God along with me and try to strong-arm him into, hey, we're going to go do this, and I was hoping that the Lord would uh, bless me and everything, but I wasn't interested in obeying the Lord, and that's probably why that's so key in my heart. And part of my my definition, it's it's those who do the will of the Lord that those are the ones that are His. So, but in in God's grace, He disciplined me to the point where I knew I wasn't going anywhere in my life. It's just it's I've had I've I've had seasons of favor where everything just seemed to go go right. Nothing was going my way. Um, I washed out of the SIL program. Um, I got out. I'd, I'd been an accountant at this point, and I was back in Oklahoma City, and I was going to Council Road uh, Baptist Church in, in Oklahoma City, and, and the preacher was, was speaking that night, and he said, you know, everybody thinks that that you either choose to serve Jesus or you uh, choose to serve yourself. And he goes, I don't really believe that's true. Um, he goes, everybody serves and worships something, and and I knew that's where I was. And that night, I went back to my apartment, and I, I broke down. I repented. I, w- I wept again. Um, and I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, please make it easy for me to hear your voice because I haven't been interested in hearing your voice. I've been interested in doing what I, I've wanted to do. And the next day, the company that I worked for at the time, they called me in, and they said, we want you to start an office in, in Woodward, Oklahoma. And at first, I was just like, "No way! That's just that's just a coincidence." I moved back to Oklahoma to be closer to my my family, um, but but the Lord even uses the desires of our hearts at times. But greed spoke to me. I was like, "Well, I can go to Woodward." I was in the environmental remediation. It's an oil field, 
uh, in the oil field industry, and I can make as much as my, money as I want. Um, and eventually, uh, just talking to friends, and they're like, hey, go give it a year. And so I, I went, and uh, the oil field economy just absolutely crashed. It was terrible. There was no business. Um, I wasn't making any money, but I was reading the God's Word like I'd never had before. And God, God planted me in a good church called Lincoln Avenue Baptist Church in Woodward, Oklahoma, where I was really discipled and, and learned what it means to, to serve the Lord. And, uh, and uh, as, as I started worshiping the Lord and obeying Him, and my my things started happening in my life. I, I met my wife, who was soon to be my wife. Um, not many years after that, uh, I started. I went out on my own and started a business. Uh, several years after that, I had two uh, beautiful children, Caleb and Hannah, and, we, and we've got a third one on the way. And and so I always tell people that. Um, if, if, you, if you'll give your life to the Lord, if you will lay down your life, that's when you'll gain your life. Because I, I, I gained my life in, in 2009 at Council Road Baptist Church or in Oklahoma City when I finally turned it over to the Lord. That, that's, when, wow. that's when I found true life. That is an absolutely awesome testimony. And to hear a man who's been a lot of different places, just a real man, a regular man, tell his story and the love of God and the truth of it all is just awesome to hear. Folks, stay with us. We're going to learn more about Jacob when we come back. I get so Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. And we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission in this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to become more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Folks, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and we're talking to Jacob Thompson, who's telling us an amazing story of his uh, journey with Christ. And Very uh, amazing. <laughs> uh, it's wonderful, and you can hear his heart in it. And he said when he was eight years old, this incredibly sincere, sweet kid heard from God and gave his life to Jesus. And as you were saying that, Jacob, uh, I was reminded a couple years ago, uh, after I'd long accepted Jesus and I was working very hard to live for him, uh, I was at church and Sunday, no, it was a Monday evening uh, at the church I was going to, they had a Monday evening, and uh, the band played that song, Good Father, 
and uh, I had a good father, and I don't know what happened to me, but I lost it. And I kid you not, for like 45 minutes, I was just sitting there sobbing. And I don't mean like, I mean sobbing. And um, people came over and they're like putting their hands on me and praying. And it was just such a cathartic moment. And I just love how God comes to us and how he's with us even when we don't know he's with us. And then you have that moment and you look back at your life and you realize he was there all along and he was shaping things. And it's just amazing. And I kind of hear that in your journey. That's right. That's 100%. And and we don't realize these things until we, we look back on our lives, the the things that God's done, the, the way he's prepared us, the kindness and the generosity and the, the patience of the Lord, because... I, I definitely feel like I've missed a lot of opportunities by chasing the world and, and loving the world um, to, to serve him. But there's just a mystery that when God says that he redeems the time, he truly redeems the time. I mean, all the things that, that have happened and taken place in my life, uh, the, the, the witness that I've been allowed to do, the life that I've been able to live, um, you know, I've, I was married because of my disobedience. I was married at an older age. I had kids at an older age. Um, but all that was restored to me, and my walk was restored to me. And, and, and at, in, in my daily Christian walk, I will find myself drifting. And it usually starts when I start letting things crowd out my Bible study in the morning. And when I say Bible study, I really mean worship. I, I'm a big believer that I, I try to I try to worship in the morning, but that God is so gracious that any time I come back to Him and I repent, I never have a, a, a my spirit never feels rejection. Yeah, I'm always welcome. Jesus always welcomes us back. Absolutely. I said to somebody recently, His face is always turned toward us like the father of the prodigal son watching out the window when Luke chapter 15 tells us that he saw the son from a long way off and ran to him. And if you see him from a long way off, it means you have to be watching for him. So here's this loving God and gives us every opportunity. And we turn away and we go and do our things in faraway lands. Uh, we end up in pig pens like the prodigal son did. And uh, then we come back to him and he's watching for us with this unconditional love and forgiveness. And it has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with man's view of God or man's codification of that view of God. It has to do with the unconditional love of God. And you said kindness and generosity. And, uh, it's just so true. So, um, in your daily walk, you have quiet time and, uh, you were in business and uh, were doing very well there, and now you've decided to take things in a different direction. Tell us about that. That's right. That's right. So, so I, I moved to uh, Woodward, Oklahoma, in in February of 2009, and I was I was in environmental remediation. I worked for a different company. Um, I eventually met my wife, and uh, the uh, and unbeknownst to me, that the owner decided to sell. He was going to sell his company. I, I didn't know it at the time, but he started uh, getting everybody to uh, sign a, a uh, covenant not to compete uh, uh, form. And so he kind of 
made it where you either needed to, to decide whether you're going to stay or it was t- time to go. So at that time, um, for, for, for various reasons, I decided to, to, to start a business um, uh, doing, doing remediation, uh, and, and I loved it. I mean, I was outside. Um, we were blessed through it. We had great clients. Um, I just really loved the work. Uh, I loved the men that I, uh, that I worked with. Um, but I, I didn't have a very long reach through my work. So I'd, in the, in the oil field business, if you're in environmental, most of the times you kind of invent, uh, you answer to the environmental department where I didn't have like a lot of the, the, the guys out in the field. So I'd have my employees and maybe a couple guys to minister to and try to witness to. I just didn't have a great reach. But but at the same time, Lincoln Avenue Baptist Church was doing a great job discipling me, and they they were doing community outreach. I'd have the opportunity to teach Sunday school, teach the youth. They were basically pouring into me and, and, and developing me, and I got to teach Lincoln University, and I got to go out and uh, – just witness to people out in our community with one of the one of the pastors, and uh, I, I guess my heart just started changing from just l- loving my business, which I, I still feel so blessed to get to do that. Not a lot of people get to have a job that they enjoy like that, but my heart was just for the lost and for people. And uh, I happened to, through family, know a gentleman named uh, Dr. Mark Ballard at Northeastern Baptist College in in Vermont. And uh, he would come oh, once or twice a year, and we'd get to talk and fellowship. And, and any time he was in town, I, w- I was over there. I was just I was at his feet. I was just, uh, you know, what's going on in the Northeast? You know, what, what do you, you know, he's just a very wise man. So I got, I got to where I really enjoyed uh, visiting with him. So that that's, was my introductory to Northeastern Baptist College. And so now you guys are going up there. And when we talked before, so folks, just to give you a little bit of background, I was uh, at uh, the airline where I work with Jacob's brother. And he's a great guy, and he and I flew together. uh, And he's also got a great heart, just like you can hear in Jacob. And he's the one who I was talking to him. And he said, man, you need to talk to my brother and so uh, he told me about uh, your new uh, venture, Jacob, which is going up to the Northeast to work with Dr. Ballard. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. How's so that going to look? It's, it's, it's a complete and wonderful and beautiful change. Uh, one thing that the oil field industry really did for me is, is it's very, it's very um, you're either doing really well or it's really bad. And so I, the Lord has taught me to learn to live hand to mouth. So we've we've learned through owning that business that um, the Lord provides, um, and and so the, the Lord has really prepared us to move up here. Northeastern Baptist College is a very small uh, institution. It's all hands. Everybody that works here loves the Lord, serves the Lord. Um, there's no salary. We, we raised our salary uh, through friends and family. I had so many people come alongside us and help us pre- prepare materials to do that. We went and stood before our church. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's basically a... A domestic mission. It, yes, 
that's the best way to describe it. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's the best f- way to describe it. That's fantastic yeah. because uh, God bless the missionaries who do work all, all over. Uh, incredible need. Uh, a friend of mine goes to Belize and does things there and so on and so forth. And at the same time, I wonder uh, what is it that we can do here at home? Because so much in this world depends on the United States and the good that comes out of this nation. So there's a lot of work to do here. And I love the fact that you're effectively doing a mission trip within this nation to talk to people in the Northeast. And so, uh, Things are going to be different up there a little bit, right? That, that's right. That's right. The, the Northeast, according to Pew Research, is the least uh, church part of our country. Twenty percent of the population lives in the Northeast, but there's the fewest believers. Uh, we're in the, the state of Vermont, and Vermont's the second least populous state in the country, and that presents some challenges because there's a lot of counties that don't have one Bible-believing church uh, for for to, to even do outreach. And, and so the mission here is we're trying to raise up disciples who will make disciples, who will plant churches, um, but, but they have to be pretty self-sufficient. You know, they're not going to have a congregation to support them up here. So we also have a, a business track, and people can double majors because you've got to – everybody up here is going to have to make, learn how to make a living and do ministry um, wow. in the Northeast. Sounds like a combat deployment to me. It sounds like you're living on a combat outpost and you get restored and refreshed uh, once a week and you load your magazines and you clean your weapons and the weapons we know are the word of God. Our faith is our shield and our sword is our weapon. And then you go out and do uh, amazing things. And I won't call it bad guy country like we would if we were in uh, a combat zone, but certainly you are outside the wire. And uh, we've often talked on the show about the fact that uh, our churches are like a combat outpost, and on Sundays we're restored and refreshed, and then we go outside the wire. And the community of Jesus and the community of Christ and the church of Christ is not a building, and it's all of us out there doing work for the Lord. Uh, in gratitude, uh, in the honesty and the integrity of our repentance, where each day we come before God. I was reading uh, fantastic sermons by St. Philaret, who is a Russian uh, Orthodox, I guess 1800s, and he talks about having to uh, genuinely repent at uh, your unfaithfulness to God at times and your ingratitude to Jesus at times Amen. and the things that you do to the Holy Spirit. And when you come in that just sincere repentance, there is no way at the foot of the cross that you can't feel just extreme gratitude. And based on that gratitude and extreme desire to go and do the will of God and to serve Him and His people. And we're going to talk about that in the third segment. Come on back. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now, our veterans need your help. Hi friends, I'm Christy Stratton, Richard Mindelow's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries 
that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives in military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, for almost 18 months, Christy Stratton has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings us to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical and behavioral assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You will want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over the last 72 shows on Courageous Christianity, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. I counted the streetlights as we headed up to the chapel to pay our last respects. Well, folks, you're back with Courageous Christianity, and that intro was totally interesting to me. We headed up to the chapel to pay our last respects, and it makes me think about uh, the death that I've seen. And when you see people come to the end of life, uh, it makes you really think about uh, what is worth doing with your life. Uh, When my father passed away, I thought about all the things he'd done in his life as a, as a surgeon here in Houston. And he loved people. And I thought about how wonderful that was. And at the same time, uh, the houses and the cars and all of that stuff just didn't matter. And so as we look at what we're doing with our lives, what lasts, what will last after us? Because one thing we know is that our time on earth will end. Uh, you know, they say (laughs) death and taxes. And so you say to yourself, how silly would it be for me to build a sandcastle on a beach with my entire life when I know the tide is going to come in and wash it all away? And so it begs the question, okay, what is worth doing? And that's when you get to the work of God and uh, the work that uh, follows uh, us throughout eternity and giving ourselves to him and loving people and helping people to love each other. And so you were saying, uh, Jacob, about you loved your job and you loved the work. Um, and then you just got to a place where you wanted less of the world and more of an opportunity to love people and serve God. 
And so now, uh, folks, uh, if you're just joining us, Jacob is uh, moving his family up to the northeast, Vermont, where he's going to work uh, to uh, teach ministry and um, at the same time to minister to those who don't have as much access to the word. So what could be more important than that, right? Yeah, I just think about the amazing opportunity. And while I heard Jacob say he... uh, um, and not to sit here and talk about you, Jacob, as you're on the phone, <laughs> I'm talking to <laughs> yeah. Richard, he's here in person. Uh, but I heard you say, you know, you loved your business, but then that heart turned to um, loving people and then just more and more uh, seeking Dr. Mark Ballard. And as you said, sit, sitting at his feet and, and now, wow, you loved your business then, but tell us about, loving what you're doing here because i can just imagine like what you're doing now is just the best ever (laughs) yeah how does that feel the best ever yeah what what northeastern baptist college is doing i i'm it's just amazing and and it's small and everybody here is is sacrificed greatly to get here and i mean there's a few people that are retired that that, you know they can live on the retirement but, but most people are just living by faith Man, you know, we look at the rest of the country, and there's there's way more Christians in other parts of the country. But I, the, the last stats that I saw, the Northeast though, were increasing year over year on baptisms and people that are coming to the faith. So, God is at work in the Northeast, and it's wonderful to be a part of that. But you know, you, you mentioned how my, my heart changed for people, and that's true. And, and we talked about earlier how God redeems the time, but He even re- redeems our gifts, because you're not going to believe this, but um, I'm, I'm getting to teach accounting, though. That's what I was degreed in. I'll get to minister to people and students. So not all that's gone. All that I learned in business and starting a business and being a businessman, I'll, I'll get to pass that on to this younger generation, you know, and, and I'm going to learn from the people around here. I'm, I'm not the only business person person here. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, learning from them. And, and basically when I, when I was in environmental mediation, a lot of what I was doing was, was project management. Well, they're, I'm going to help uh, a, a, a gentleman here that's, that's been a contractor and, and we're going to, we're going to help be, a, I'll be a liaison between uh, mission teams that come and help us do buildings and and the contractors and the, and and a guy that's got more construction experience. So I'll even be using uh, the project management piece of of my my experience, and I'll be uh, running the business office uh, for Northeastern Baptist Publishing. Uh, we're we're starting a publishing wing. Um, like I said, it's it's all donor finance. We're trying to figure out ways to drive revenue to the school that's not just donations, you know, to, trying to build a business segment. Um, that's another uh, piece of the, the puzzle. But, but uh, this this publishing house, the mission is, is what we believe in the Bible and that it's inerrant and it's God's Word and, and that the Bible is perfect. So uh, everything we publish... It's going to be to view to that, and, and we want North. We want to be the publisher that you can trust. So, if 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 you have a person that comes up to you and says, "Hey, you know, my 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 brother's got a a a, a child that is 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 wrestling with something very very difficult that I don't really have a knowledge in," 
Um, man, do you have a book on that? And you, you can be like, no, I, I don't really have a book on that, but you can go to this website or, or, or visit Northeastern Baptist Publishing, and I, I can guarantee you, though, everything that they put out will be biblically based. You're not going to get the world's view of this. You'll get God, God's view of this. So that that's really exciting to me. So, um, and then the, just the I've I've already had so many opportunities to worship with with the people at Northeastern Baptist College, and I, I just can't tell you uh, how fulfilling it is that God truly does equip us and fill us up before he sends us out if if we'll come to him. You you know what I'm hearing there, uh, well I'm hearing such a lot, uh, but my pastor used to say to me that I worked a lot because of doing the Marine Corps thing and the radio show and uh, book stuff and flying. And I used to say to him that my job was the vehicle I drove from one place of ministry to the next. And our faith cannot just exist in a living room. The point of our faith is to shape the world. And we can't shape the world if we're not in contact with the world. And Jesus said it's not the healthy who need a doctor. So we have to be in contact with the world. And in point of fact, one of the the whole uh, missions of this show is to explain that our faith must shape every single thing that we do from business to family to politics to economics to teaching. And we had a great guest on the show last week, Pastor Aaron Thomas, who said he's a Christian voter, he's a Christian worker, he's a Christian teacher. And so you're not an American Christian, you're a Christian American. And so as we work... And as we realize that everything we do can be an act of worship and we worship God when we bring our faith to the workplace and we do everything as if unto the Lord and we treat people as God would have us treat them. You read the book of Proverbs and there's so much in there about how to conduct business in an ethical way and so on and so forth. So what you're saying Uh, makes so much sense, and it's so important that Christians realize, I can be a Christian at work, and I can be a Christian in the voting booth, and I can be a Christian uh, in my child's classroom. And not only can I, I must, because at the intersection of faith and the secular world, somebody's going to get changed. And if we're not changing them, they're changing us. So this incredibly important work that you're doing and then as you bring that to bear on the world, that is courageous Christianity, where you have put everything, all of your talents, all of your education, all of your experiences at God's disposal and said, Lord, use these uh, as you will, according to your will. And I, I just think that that's absolutely fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I could not agree more. Um, so let me ask God you. God will. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Please go ahead. No, if if you give God every area of your life, God will use every area of your life for His kingdom. God God keeps His own requirements. He He meets our needs. He fills us with the Holy Spirit. It's by His power, um, and it's a denial of His power if we believe that we can't serve Him at work. That we don't believe that He that He can work at our work. I, I believe if if we don't believe that. Uh, I uh, well said. Couldn't say it better. 
Uh, Jacob, how do people, our listeners, support uh, your mission? Uh, probably the best way that you could support us is, is just obviously prayer. Um, we have the best group of prayer warriors even outside of this school. It's not just this school, but it's outside of the school. So we would really appreciate if you would write in your prayer journal and put, put us in your prayer, prayer journal. Um, and, you know, we always have financial needs. I mean, it's, it's 100% donor finance. So um, if, you, if they wouldn't mind going to nebcvt.org, uh, that stands for uh, Northeastern Baptist College, Vermont, uh, you can click on the Give button, and there's a place that you can make uh, uh, automatic uh, monthly payments, or, or there's a contact address that you can that you can mail finances to us, and, and we would be really grateful and uh, um, and blessed by that. I really appreciate that. Jacob, uh, let me make sure that I heard this correctly. N e b c v dot org. At v t. Uh, .org. Yeah. VT, yeah. I got you. Vermont. So, North Eastern Baptist College, Vermont, nebcvt.org uh, to contribute. And I love your answer that uh, first and foremost, it is by prayer, uh, praying without ceasing that we come before God and make our requests known to Him, which He knows. But I think one of the keys to life is shaping expectations. And when we pray, we are shaping our expectations to be in line with the Lord and His will for us. And to be centered in His will is the aim of each of us. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281 656 1833 or email us at courageouschristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281 656 1833 or email us at courageouschristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. What a friend we have in Jesus. Well, folks, as you know, I love that song. That's Chad Strader singing What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And that is what it comes down to. It comes down to the fact that we are spiritual beings living in the world. And we do not want to renounce our heavenly citizenship for some temporary place on earth where we set ourselves up in bigger houses with newer cars and we sacrifice all the good that we can do for something that will be washed away by the next tide, the next change, the next uh, culture shift. We want to invest ourselves in the work of God. And we're talking to Jacob Thompson, who is absolutely a courageous Christian in our definition. 
And the things I think about courageous Christianity are the repentance that it takes, the integrity of the repentance that brings us in gratitude to say, Lord, how may I serve you today? And to have a code of conduct outside of yourself, and that is the Bible and the Word of God, and you measure yourself against that each day, and you don't invent your own rules, and you say, Lord, how am I doing today? And he will speak to you, and he'll say, buddy, this was good, but this wasn't so good. And then you say, Father, forgive me, and I'm going to try again tomorrow. And then you wake up the next day, and you commit yourself and, and it's that striving, that genuine striving that I think the world will see and they will say, wow, that guy's different. And it's bringing the world to that, uh, to that uh, realization. Uh, A.W. Tozer said that uh, our message is uh, an ultimatum. And so it's when people see that uh, they, we pose the ultimatum. What are you going to do? Life and death. And so, Jacob, um, as we're wrapping up the final segment, thinking about uh, people who are out there and they want to bring more of themselves to God and uh, commit more of their resources, their time, their energy, and their focus, how would you uh, speak to that? What would you say to them? Well, what comes to my mind when you ask that question, it's kind of what developed in my mind over, over a period of time. And I remember I was, I was in the car with my wife's granddad, and we were going to her graduation. She graduated from nursing school, and he looked over and he said, he was talking about how life's a vapor. And I, I know that's somewhere in the Psalms what he was referring to. And I think sometime later, my pastor. Uh, we preached on Psalm ninety twelve. It says, "Teach us the number of our days, that we may present to you a heart of wisdom." And and Second Corinthians six two says, "At an acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation I helped you." Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So I, I'd say, whatever you hear God calling you you to do, you better get on with it. <laughs> um, our, our lives are short. He says it so nicely. <laughs> you better get on with it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's probably my wife's grandfather. It's probably it, I'm probably quoting him. He's a very, very wise and and gracious man. And uh, you know, uh, our lives are short. I mean, the Bible says our lives are vapor. So you know, uh, if, if you need to forgive somebody, you need to forgive them. Uh, if you need to ask for forgiveness today, you need to ask for forgiveness uh, today. Um, if you need to tell somebody you love them, you know, tomorrow's not promised to you. Uh, if the Lord's calling you to a particular path or mission, kind of kind of similar to me, or, or just a vocation, um, or just to do better with your children. You know, that's something that's on my heart right now. Caleb's starting to ask questions. Um, and it's so funny. It's like I've kind of thought through and dealt with adults more, but like how do I shepherd the, the heart of my own child well? You know, what's appropriate, what's not? Um, I, I, I just think that, that really begin to think those issues through. I, I think uh, kind of like I said earlier, if you'll give your whole life to the Lord, you will not be disappointed. You will gain your life. I think that's what I want to, what I would really want to want to tell people. Um, and my number one recommendation uh, 
for, for, for a person to get started is, is get up first thing in the morning before the day's calling you. And, and it doesn't have to be the first thing. I, I'd say whatever is the best time for you. Give, give the Lord your, your first fruits, your best time. For me, it's before the kid's up. It's before the day, day has started. And, and I, 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 probably when I wor- learned to worship, was was one of the biggest um, um, helps in my spiritual growth, and just just an advice. I got some advice off a radio program. It was a lady that was on the radio program, and she said, "This is how I started. I started naming the names of the Lord, and it's it's uh, Jesus. You are King of Kings. You are Lord of Lords. You are you are the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You are all powerful. You are Almighty. And just start naming Jesus's names and who He is." And what he means to you, and that's that just puts me in a spirit of worship. It's our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. I think there's an element of worship in saying that, and then just follow that. I'd I'd follow the Lord's prayer. Um, yep, I love that. And um, that that would that would probably be my my biggest uh, I think... uh, thing. And and if you haven't if you haven't accepted your son, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as your savior. Behold, if the Lord's calling you, today is the day of salvation. I, I, I do not tarry and and don't take lightly the kindness of the Lord. That that would be what I'd want everybody to hear. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And friends, so what Jacob said is get on with it. That uh, That's what I, I took there. You better get on with it. And he said, don't tarry. And, and I think that's uh, not only an awesome word to use it in a sentence is awesome, but it's also scripture. Um, God bless you, brother. That is a fantastic uh, gift you give us with your heartfelt uh, advice. And uh, I told you, folks, in the intro to the show, I said Jacob was an ordinary Christian. And uh, as you've heard over the last hour, he is anything but ordinary. And the truth of the matter is no Christian, no courageous Christian is ordinary. There's nothing ordinary about our faith each day as we respond to this dark and godless world with love and God's plain truth, as we strive to reflect God's light in a way that will lead uh, his children home to him. And I say reflect on purpose because it's his light that, that people see in us. And I know it's hard. And as you've heard from Jacob, it takes work. And it takes intention. It takes a daily commitment of time and resources. Give him your first fruit, he said, just like your tithes. And it's the only thing worth doing and the only thing that will last beyond our days because life is but a vapor. And that was just beautifully said. And that brings us to the quote of the day. And I'm going to quote Pastor Jeff Neal, who was on the show a while ago. And I've quoted him several times, but I really want you all to hear this. He said, the Bible is first a mirror and then a window. And I love this quote. We talked about it several times. The first step in any Christian journey is to look into the mirror and in truth ask, what must I change about myself to serve the Lord as I am meant to serve? And you heard Jacob's journey as he turned his back a little bit on his love of business and instead brought those same talents to serve God. And the first word of Jesus' ministry was repent because none of us is free from sin. So if you're wondering how to start your journey toward courageous Christianity, it's as simple as looking in the mirror and knowing that nothing you have done is too wrong or too bad or too ugly for Jesus to wash away. 
but you must be honest with yourself. And the second step is to open your Bible. And if you aren't sure where to start, I love the book of John because it really speaks to the heart of the Lord. And chapter 1, verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And I can't think of any greater love than for God to have given us his Son as he did. And in that truth, we're at the moment of truth, because, you know, in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And I say this a lot. I say it in every show. God's Word is our first refuge, it's always relevant, and it never fails. But what do I mean? I mean that the Word of God is the beginning of everything. Genesis chapter 1 tells us that God spoke this world into existence with his words when he said, let there be light. John chapter 1 verse 1 tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And finally, Jesus, the Word of God that John is referring to, said in Revelation chapter 22, the very last chapter of the Bible, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and and the end. So if everything we do begins and ends with the Lord, and if everything we do begins and ends with his word, then that is how we become the people that we're supposed to be, his servants, his holy nation of priests. So each day in everything we do, we begin with God's word as it is written in the Bible. All the good that we can do starts there. His word is our shield, it's our sword, And remember, when Jesus contended with Satan three times in the wilderness before beginning his ministry, he simply spoke scripture, saying each time, it is written. All the people who call me and say, how do I deal with this and how do I deal with that? My answer is always the same. What does scripture say? When I say that scripture is our first refuge, that it's always relevant and that it never fails, what I'm saying is the word of God will save and protect us. It will guide us through every difficulty and in every situation as a compass guides a traveler. It's the lens through which we look at the world each day as we strive to discern the righteous path, and it's trustworthy. You heard Jacob's first words were trust. And so that brings us to our moment of truth from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 12, which says, Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And that is Courageous Christianity. Jacob, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me on, and and thank you so much for all that you do. And and I know that you've been, you and Christy have been praying for us, and, and we just appreciate it so much. And I Amen. I can tell you how much that means to us. Thank you. God bless you with everything. Folks, we're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.